Hello, everyone. Welcome to this month's Freeform episode. So we're talking all about meditation styles. I'm going to call this Meditation Styles 101. And we're going to be doing just a brief overview of some of the most common popular meditation styles, talk about what they are, why you might want to practice them. Um, I'll do my best to recommend a Mindful Minutes episode that works with that specific style in case you want to practice it and give it a try. And yeah, that's just what we're doing. This is something that I get asked about a lot or people ask about like certain meditation styles. So I thought it would be really useful to put them all in one place. And this is also inspired by the meditation teacher training that I do. As you know, it's currently open for enrollment. Um, so it's it's currently on my mind. And yeah, it's open for enrollment until February 28th. And it's my signature course, and I have put my heart and soul into it, and just nothing makes me happier in this world than to teach people about meditation and to either help them deepen their practice or to help them take the step from student to teacher. And the reason that I wanted to explore this topic now is because in that course, it's a 30-hour course, and we talk about over seven different styles of meditation, which are some of the most common ones. The reason that I do that instead of doing like one deep dive into like guided meditations or one style of meditation is, and we're going to talk about this in a moment, is I feel like it's important to know how to share different styles of meditation because not everyone either likes the same style of meditation or needs a certain style of meditation. Like it's not a one size fits all approach. We're working with our minds. We're working with our hearts and souls. And I believe that it's my job as a teacher or your job as a teacher to help my students get to where they want to be through meditation. And that means that I need to help them find like their formula or find the style that works and resonates best with them. So in order to do that, I have to understand the ins and outs of many different styles so that I can really kind of create this specialized sort of like individualized approach for each and every student. It's also how I'm able to have such variety in topics on Mindful Minutes as well is there's so many different styles and you may not realize it, um, but all the different like meditations, a lot of times I'm pulling elements from different styles or different lineages of meditation and kind of packaging them up for the practices here that I share on the podcast. So that's why I choose to do that. And while I was working in the course to, you know, just do my last little double check, make sure it's already for enrollment. Um, it just, I don't know, it just kind of hit me where I was like, you know, I should really dive into just a big like overview of what these styles are and yeah so that is that and I just want to dive right in you guys know there's like nothing I love more in this world than teaching meditation or teaching about meditation so I'm really really excited to be diving into our topic today and like I said uh, finding the right style of meditation it's really about finding like what works for you so I usually equate it to like finding that perfect pair of jeans. We've all been jean shopping. And although I I recently have a little bit of a theory, I feel like the same people design like women's jeans and also children's clothing because I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, but like the sizes are insane. Like you go and you get like an 18 month size, whatever onesie and 
at one place and the same quote size in another place. And they're like two completely different sizes. And it's the same with women's jeans. Like, I don't know what is up with that. But anyways, so that's why I think of meditation kind of as like finding your style of jeans. You want to think about, you know, what style are you? Are you a dark wash, a light wash, a high rise, a skinny leg, a boot cut? What, you know, brand do you like? And I know I've talked about this jean analogy before, but it's something that really resonates with me. And like I said a bit earlier, it's how I approach teaching meditation with my students. It's like helping them find what works for them and tailoring a meditation practice and guiding them to where they want to go through meditation. But that's going to look totally different for everyone. And that's something that I think is really wonderful and beautiful about the practice of meditation. It is such a personal practice and like, I mean, one of a kind experience like you will only have that meditation experience because it's yours and only yours. It's your practice. And I think that's so beautiful, but it also can be a challenging part of the practice because it can feel overwhelming. Like, where do you start? What style is my style? A lot of times I, I've i heard from many people when they hear what I do, they're like, oh, I don't, you know, where should a beginner start or what style should I start with? Or I've heard about this style. Is that the kind that you teach? And there's just a lot of, you know, we've heard of a lot of different names of meditation. Maybe it's like loving kindness meditation or mantras or manifestation meditation. But we may not actually understand like what a meditation in that style is like. So you may have noticed or, you know, maybe not noticed necessarily, but When I release an episode of Mindful Minutes, when I have a new meditation, a lot of times it is using elements of different styles of meditation. Yes, they are all guided meditations, but the content that I put into it, a lot of times I pull from different styles of meditation because that's what I use in my personal practice. And I kind of wanted to touch on my writing process or like how I come up with these meditations in a way because just something that seems to be popping up a lot for me like it's I'm getting asked about it Um, people are curious about it and it's also something when I'm teaching people how to be a meditation teacher I have to help them with their creative process and when I sit down to write a meditation or when I want to create something a guided practice for you I know I've talked about this before, but it's it's sometimes can be hard for me to share these meditations because they're so deeply personal to me. So I primarily pull just from my own practice and my own experience. So for example, if you know sometimes if you see like if there's like a frustration meditation, chances are that's something that like I'm working through personally on my own. And in my own personal practice, I may be working with feelings of frustration or that's on my mind a lot or it's something that I'm struggling with. And the way that I, you know, come to terms with just some of the things in my life is through meditation. It's It can be my lifeline in a way. It is my way of processing. It's my way of exploring deeper and looking within and and being like, what's really going on here? Or what do I want to do about this? And then I take those experiences that I'm having in my own personal practice 
and I, you know, revamp it, make it a little less, you know, personal because um, everyone might be confused if I, you know, was working on a frustration meditation and then started like talking about a certain someone that really frustrated me. You'd be like, well, who the heck is that person? Why are we talking about them? But I, it's the framework is the same. And that's why, like, every time I release an episode of Mindful Minutes, it's so, and I don't know if every podcaster feels this way, they very well might. Um, but I still to this day, like, every time I hit, like, publish or schedule it, like, I get these little butterflies in my stomach because these practices are just so deeply personal to me. And it's it's like I'm sharing a little bit of my soul or, like, I'm, you know, sharing little excerpts from, like, my, you know, middle school journal or something out into the world. And it makes me feel very vulnerable. It uh, makes me feel very um, not seen and like you see me, but seen like just like I'm putting myself out there. And I'm happy to do it. And I obviously enjoy doing it. And I think it's important to push yourself out of your comfort zone. And I think it's important to be vulnerable and to share these things. But of course, it's, you know, opening up my work and my personal journey. It's opening it up to other people. And you never know what that's going to be like. Now, all of you are so just loving and kind. And when you guys leave, like, just these really beautiful, like, heartfelt reviews or when you send me a message or you you know share your experience with these meditations it really really just means so much to me and the main reason why that means so much to me is that it helps me to remember not only why I share these personal practices and why I keep doing what I'm doing but for me it makes me feel really good to know that I am helping you get to where you want to be or process what you're trying to process or feel what you want to feel or experience what you want to experience through the practice of meditation. And that is my just biggest goal, not only with this podcast, but in being a meditation teacher. I want to provide the tools for my students that they need to just get what they want out of it and use meditation as that vehicle. And the only way that I know how to do that is from pulling from my own experience and pulling from what I've learned from my teacher. And I'm also going to, you know, call out some of my favorite teachers um, in a moment too. And that's the only way that I know how to do it. So yes, it does kind of make me feel vulnerable at times. And like I'm sharing this like little part of my soul, but it also when you guys are so kind and sweet to me, it reaffirms that for me, that's that's the way to share it. And I also, in a way, want to highlight that as to how these meditations are so deeply personal to me because I, I want to bring light to the fact that really you are your own best teacher and you have the ability to really explore and do what you want to do with your meditation practice. So now in the lens, when you listen to these things, knowing like, 
oh, maybe Kelly's working, you know, with gratitude and maybe she's using some mantras for gratitude or likes to visualize, you know, a light coming down and washing away negativity. You can also use these practices that I share as inspiration for things that you can do on your own. And I I talked about this when I was um, talking in the episode about the first round of the meditation accelerator. I think I called it meditating the quote right way. That there is no right way. The right way is the way that feels good to you and helps you get what you need out of the practice. So I also like to share my own personal practices, take elements from my own studies and my own meditation and share it with you because that may give you some ideas for your own personal meditation practice. Because I don't want you guys to need me. It's, I mean, it's nice to feel like you want to meditate with me, but I also like my students to feel like, you know, they don't, they don't need me. They want me. So, you know, they may want to do a meditation with me, but they don't necessarily need me. They feel like they have some tools in their toolbox where they can also do it on their own. Or if they can't, you know, hit play on a podcast episode, they can take some of these tools and just go and and do it on their own. And I, I think that's really special. It's how I've always felt with my students is I don't want them to need me. It's nice to feel wanted that they're choosing to practice with me when they want to, but I I don't ever want people to feel like they're solely reliant and like, well, if I don't have, you know, Kelly to lead me, like I can't do it. And I take the same approach when I do trainings. And those of you that have done any kind of a training with me, you know, I really like to give people just like what they need. I don't want to give you like 80% and then leave like the crucial 20% out. So then, oh, you have to like study with me again, or oh, then you have to take like level two or whatever. Like I want my students to just get, have the tools that they need to succeed and to fill their own toolbox. So that is just, I don't know. I just wanted to explore that a little bit, share that. um, And yeah, and I just, and know that I am really, really grateful for all of you that listen to those meditations and are so kind and loving towards them because you know that it's deeply personal, but also it's really special to me when I know that, um, that I'm not alone in a way when a certain meditation that maybe I've written because it's coming from a place of struggle or challenge or something that I'm personally working through. And then I see like a review or you send me like a a message on Instagram and someone says like, you know, this meditation really spoke to me or really helped me with my anxiety or my fear, my sadness or processing this thing. It makes me feel a little less alone. And it reminds me that like we are all on this earth together, you know, doing the best that we can and that Struggles and challenges are a part of the human experience. They're a part of life. Sometimes life is hard and unfair, and also sometimes it's wonderful and beautiful, and often it's it can be both at the same time. I also share all of this because I want to kind of call something out, well, twofold. One, I share all this because I often get asked about like my personal creative process, and I want to just share that so all of you know, but also two things. I I really want people to understand that that you're not alone. So just like I don't feel alone when I see that my meditations are helping you with the things that 
you know, I've used meditation for in my own life, I want you to know that you're not alone either. And if you're using meditation to improve your self-love or you're struggling with frustration or whatever it is, that you are not alone, that I experience these things too. And so many members of our community experience them as well. I also like to speak to the, I guess, fear and the vulnerability that comes along with me sharing my creative process and my meditations as a way to encourage you to do the same. And if you are a creative or not a creative or there's something that you've been thinking about sharing, don't be afraid to share it. Someone may need to see or hear what you are creating And the beauty that you can create from your soul is unlike anything else that this world has seen. And it's very possible that you create just for you. And that's beautiful. There's many things that I have created just for me that I do not share. They're just for me. But if you are thinking of creating or doing something creative or whether it's like starting your own podcast or picking up a new form of art or creating with words, like do it. And I am cheering you on and I celebrate you. And it's hard and it's scary. And it does feel like you're just kind of exposing like your heart and soul for people um, to criticize or to have commentary on. But you may also, by not exploring your creativity and not creating what you've been dreaming of creating, this world may be missing out. And you may be missing out. So if you're thinking about doing that, I encourage you to do it. And it is scary, but it can also be really special and beautiful too. And it's also something that, you know, we really can do a lot of internal work and healing and processing through art, whatever that art is. So that is that. Um, (laughs) I I didn't intend this part of the episode to quite go so long, but I appreciate you listening um, to all of this. And now I want to dive right into our styles of meditation. So the first style of meditation that I want to talk about, we'll call it the, you know, the, the big daddy of meditation, why you all are here, which is guided meditations. So guided meditations is a form of meditation where a practitioner or a guide or teacher leads you through a visualization or exercise to help you achieve a specific goal. That's the very kind of like sterile clinical definition of it. Really, to me, what guided meditations are is telling a story. And that can be a simple story. It could be a story about following your breath. It could be a bigger, longer story where you're telling someone a story all about, um, you know, uh, walking down a beach and feeling this and feeling that and seeing that and you know, and then and then this light shows up in your heart and it makes you feel this way. Like guided meditations are, from my standpoint, sharing a story with someone, leading someone through a meditation practice where you are helping them get from point A to point B, just nice, easy, and, and simple. And you're just helping them get to a certain, um, just a certain place through your guidance. And to me, it's storytelling, whether it's, like I said, you know, a complex story um, or a simple story. It's just telling a story. And I talked about my own personal writing process and how I pull from my own experience um, and my own, you know, studies. And I like to 
just grab different elements because something that I love about guided meditations is they are so flexible. And they're so, I mean, you can write a guided meditation about anything. Sometimes, you know, people will ask me and they're like, well, how do you come up with all these different ideas for meditations? There's so many different topics. And guided meditations are kind of just the vehicle. And you can do a guided meditation around like any topic that you want. Or you can take elements of all of the uh, styles that we're going to dive into in a moment. And you can turn that into a guided meditation. And that's what I like to do for all of these episodes. Like guided meditations are so versatile. And they're a wonderful opportunity for a teacher to highlight so many different techniques or styles. And this is also why there's an entire module in teacher training just about guided meditations. And it's more about, um, you know, coming up with ideas for guided meditations, but also like how to write them and actually do the storytelling. Um, there is, so for guided meditations, I don't need to dive too deep into it because if you're here listening to my voice, you've probably done a guided meditation with me or with someone else. And one episode, so I'm going to recommend an episode per style, uh, that really highlights this type of meditation is the self-healing meditation that was released on September 27th of 2020. This meditation, I feel like, really captures the storytelling of getting someone from like point A to point B in a creative way and really just uh, utilizing like breath and visualization in a way that I feel like really encompasses like um, a guided meditation. So the next style is breath meditation. And that is exactly what you think it is. Breath meditation is a type of meditation where the point of concentration is your breath. So the practitioner can become completely immersed in the sensation of breath. You can just use like effortless breathing. You can use a specific breath pattern or pranayama to achieve a higher state of awareness or consciousness or just to let that be your point of concentration. Because remember, meditation in and of itself is just single pointed concentration. So in guided meditation, the point of concentration is the story being told from the guide. Breath meditation, it is your breath. Now this style might be really great for someone if you just personally like working with breath, you find it to be soothing, you find that it helps you, you might really like the style. It's also incredibly simple. I mean, you just need your breath. This is something that I can do like when I'm traveling or I can fit it in in these little, these small little moments. Often when I'm finding that I am getting scattered mentally or feeling overwhelmed or being pulled in a bunch of different directions, like just hitting the pause button and just breathing for a moment or bringing my awareness to my breath really helps me just to bring me back to the body and back to the moment. That's also why a lot of my meditations start with some element of breath. Maybe it's just becoming aware of the breath. Maybe it's slowing down your breath. To me, that's one of the most simple and powerful ways to take you from like being scattered and overwhelmed and going in a million different directions and just bringing yourself to the here and to the now is by taking even just a moment to return to the breath. And there's a lot of really great people doing beautiful work with breath. Um, I also, oh, one thing that I wanted to say, <clears throat> excuse me, in my in my notes here is another reason why I love the breath is it activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest, right? It's the opposite of the sympathetic nervous system, which is fight or flight, which is, you know, 
like the anxiety side of things. And when we breathe and we take deep breaths and we slow it down, then we start to get into that rest and digest, turning the volume down on that stress and then anxiety, and we can go into that more relaxed state. So it's also really, really great when you're feeling super activated or anxious. My recommended episode for breath meditation is the simple and aptly named breath meditation from August 19th all the way back of 2018. It's one of the first episodes. I've also really been enjoying a book that I got. It is called, it's from, by Ashley, I think, Niece. It's either Ashley Niece or Ashley Ness. I apologize if, I, um, if I've mispronounced your name, Ashley. Um, but it is a breath called, or I'm sorry, it is a book called How to Breathe. And what I've really been enjoying about this book is it's very simple. I love simple. It is simple. It is clear and like beautiful. It's like a nice book to look at. But Ashley has done a great job of taking some really um, simple yet powerful breath techniques and just making them super clear and just putting the instruction of like, do this, do this, do this. And I love that. I think it's a great tool if you are someone who really likes working with the breath. I highly recommend that book. And as I go through these different like call outs, recommendations, um, I'll put them in the show notes. So yeah, so I love, I've been loving that book. The next style of meditation is present moment, sometimes called mindfulness meditation. Now, this is a form of meditation where the practitioner becomes completely present in each moment and tries not to be pulled into the past or trying to look into the future. And you try not to cast judgment on thoughts. You just simply try to objectively enjoy the moment and witness the present moment. You try to be just fully present. And you can do things like um, census cycling, which is where you witness each moment as it comes and as it goes through your different senses. So you become present and then you just think about, you know, you kind of cycle through the senses. What do I hear right now? What do I smell right now? What do I taste? What do I feel? What do I see, whether with a soft gaze outward or a gaze inward? And you can just keep cycling through during your practice. What do I feel? What do I see? What do I hear? You cycle through the senses. And this is a practice that I personally really like when I'm feeling anxious. So when I'm, you know, all over the place and I'm like, Kelly, just come to the here and the now, tap into your senses, let's breathe for a little bit, and then, you know, get information from the senses now, in this moment. What do I see? What do I hear? What do I feel? And cycling through these senses helps me to not be as anxious to bring myself back to the here and now so I can just remind myself, like, I'm okay, I'm safe, I'm present. And that's just one thing that you can do with present moment or mindfulness meditation is cycling through the senses. You also can just try to, like, open yourself up and just be fully present. So, like, it's almost like you're just witnessing the moment as it comes and as it goes. Again, without judgment, just, you know, making note of, you know, what thoughts are passing through your mind or what you're experiencing in each moment. This can be a really powerful practice. It can also be an extremely challenging practice because by design, it's very simple, right? You're just trying to be present in the moment. That can be simple, but simple doesn't mean easy, right? And 
this will give you a big opportunity to let your mind wander, to get distracted, to get frustrated, to hear everything, to hear, you know, your kids upstairs or to hear the construction going on in your neighborhood or to hear your neighbors in your apartment being loud. It really opens up the door for challenge and frustration and struggle, which, as we know, is a really, really important part of the process. This is great for someone who wants to try to do some meditation with a little less guidance and also someone who's desiring, you know, what to them feels like a more traditional practice with more of that traditional kind of like sit and be and witness the moment. So that is present moment or mindfulness meditation. And this is, like I said, great for someone who wants less guidance or wants to kind of go more to the uh, traditional roots of meditation. I recommend episode from uh, the episode from May 5th of 2019, again called Present Moment Meditation. I've also really been enjoying John Cabot Zinn's work on this. I, you know, I know that he's like not like new, he's very well known. I didn't really dive into a lot of his work until more recently, especially as I've been just looking more into like mindfulness meditation, present moment meditation. Um, I've talked about this before. I really enjoyed his class on Masterclass, but I've been enjoying his work and it makes me think a lot. He does some really great work around um, present moment meditation. So if you're wanting to take a deep dive into the style, I may recommend um, some of his work. So now I want to dive into one of the love of my lives, one of the many loves of my life, which is loving kindness or meta meditation. You've heard me talk about this before. You will hear me talk about it again. I just, you know, I love it. I love it. And this is a type of meditation in which the practitioner focuses on radiating loving kindness, compassion, and goodwill to the people and the world around them, as well as themselves. I've taken a deep dive into twin meditation, which is one style of loving kindness meditation with the monks. Um, it is on the November 13th of 2020 freeform episode, I think called Twim and the Monks or something like that. Um, but loving kindness meditation is a little broader than Twim meditation. Twim just happens to be my personal favorite. So loving kindness meditation and a teacher shout out here, um, Sharon Salzberg does some really great work on loving kindness meditation. She has a book called Real Happiness. She has a few books that are really great on this. Um, so I would recommend her work if you're looking for a deep dive into some more loving kindness meditation, as well as Bonte's work. Um, he is the teacher that I studied with when I learned how to do twin meditation. So I'll link to all of these things. Um, the show notes are going to have a lot of links and it's going to take me a while, but very worth it. So loving kindness meditation, the way that you practice this is you start by just awakening this feeling of loving kindness. So you awaken this feeling and then you cycle through radiating that feeling of loving kindness. And one of the best ways to awaken it is to recall a memory where you last felt loving kindness or love and compassion, like that goodness, that warm, fuzzy feeling, either the last time you felt it or a time where you just like purely unconditionally felt it. So you awaken the feeling first and then you're going to cycle through radiating it to different people. So you may begin by radiating it to someone that just, you know, you really care about, you really love. It's just so easy to just send it to them. We call this a spiritual friend and twin, um, but you can just start with someone where it's just super easy, you know, to send them loving kindness because you already wish them so well. You want all the goodness for them. 
So that's kind of like your warm-up. Then you're going to radiate it towards someone that you're neutral towards, someone that you really just kind of don't have any feeling one way or another towards. It's like, you know, they're fine. Maybe it's like the neighbor that you always see when you're on your walk or the, you know, your favorite barista at Starbucks or wherever, right? Someone that you're just neutral towards. But you want to radiate that loving kindness with the same intensity than you as you did to the person that you really care for. And then you're going to step it up a notch. You're going to start radiating to someone that challenges you. And you do not have to start with like the biggest, baddest person that like, you know, you don't have to start with like your middle school bully, right? You can start with someone that just kind of gets on your nerves or frustrates you or just kind of, you know, challenges you. And remember, we're trying to radiate with the same intensity and the same sincerity as we did to the person we love deeply and the neutral person. That's not to say that this will just automatically flow and you're like, oh, yes, now I'm, you know, sending all of these well wishes, wanting this person to be happy and have all the goodness in the world when they are really challenging and they frustrate you. Maybe they're not that nice to you. It's going to take time and that's okay. Then you're going to bring it back and you're going to radiate that to the self, to yourself. And it it can be really eye-opening here because for many people, it's almost easier to send it to the challenging person than yourself, which is kind of sad, but it's just, it's, you know, how it is. It, it can be really hard to like genuinely wish ourselves well and, and send, you know, wish all of the greatness and goodness to ourselves that we would to like our dearest friend. Now, I then like to, after you're, you know, cycling through these different people, then you are eventually going to work on just like being a, just a being of loving kindness and radiating it to like all things. And that's where we're headed towards. It's just like always, even when we're not in meditation, just like radiating loving kindness to all beings, um, you know, that we come into contact with or that come into contact with us all day, every day. That's like, you know, goals. It's like loving kindness meditation goals. I find that this is a wonderful practice when I want to work on building compassion or love or positivity. Um, This is very helpful for me personally when I feel like I'm struggling with my depression, um, when someone's really challenging me and like triggering me and I want to like kind of hit the pause button on that and just be like, okay, you know, and again, this is someone that, you know, may not necessarily be like harming me, but maybe someone that just frustrates me and just send some loving kindness their way. Work on softening those feelings. And I I find it's just a good way to kind of hit pause and then try to reverse some of that. So if you are someone that wants to work on building compassion or love or positivity or you want to work specifically with this feeling of loving kindness, I think you'd really like this style. Um, I have a twin meditation from November 15th of 2020 you can listen to. And like I already mentioned, Sharon Salzberg has some great work on loving kindness meditation as well. Okay, so diving into our last few styles now. So on the back of loving kindness meditation, I want to talk about walking meditation. So walking meditation is a form of meditation usually done between long periods of sitting meditation in which your consciousness shifts from each step to each step and each moment to moment. Walking meditation includes like a slow, deliberate, intentional walk. So it isn't necessarily like, oh, I'm going to get my exercise in and also, you know, get my meditation in as well. We really want to slow down with a walking meditation so that we can feel the full experience of walking. There's a few different ways to do a walking meditation. The reason I wanted to talk about this after twim is when you're practicing 
TWIM, or it stands for Tranquil Wisdom Insight Meditation. You break up your sitting meditations by like getting up and going for a walk and working on radiating loving kindness to all beings, like through your feet, out around you. You send it to like every blade of grass around you, like to the birds around you, to people you meet. And I really enjoyed that practice of working on radiating loving kindness while I kind of walk slowly and with intention. That feels really good to me. But you can do different forms of walking meditation. You can do basically take elements of like a present moment meditation and take it on a walk where you try to cycle through your senses. What do I see? What do I hear? What do I feel? What do I smell? Um, You can walk and just try to be fully present for the walk. I mean, how many times do we, I'm guilty of this all the time. I always bring like a podcast with me or maybe I'm walking Porkchop or Milan. I'm listening to music. Like I don't often just take the walk to enjoy the walk. And when you do a walking meditation, it's like you're trying to take the walk to enjoy the walk times 10. Like you want to be fully immersed in the sensation of like walking and being. Another technique that you can do is you can um, use mantras when you walk. So with each step, maybe the right foot, you think I am at peace. Left foot, when it steps, I am whole. I am at peace. I am whole. You can use a mantra while you do a walking meditation. And I also think this is a wonderful practice. Like if you're feeling scattered and you just want to be present and you want to ground and you're feeling overwhelmed and you just want to become present. Also, if it's nice outside, it's a wonderful way to like get outside and walk. You can also do it at home too. So I think walking meditation is really great. And if you want to work on any of these things or just like being outside, this might be a style you want to explore. I have a guided walking meditation. It was the episode released on September 6th of 2020. All right, we have two more styles here. So the next is manifestation meditation. And this is a more modern type of meditation in which someone consciously raises their vibration and works on manifesting something positive into their life. Also known as attraction meditation based on, you know, this idea of the law of attraction and that you're trying to bring something into your life. You're asking the universe for help, asking the universe to bring you something. And the big piece here with manifestation meditation is we're not just trying to raise our vibration to match that of the universe and like ask for something and hope it comes. We're going to raise our vibration, make the ask, know it is coming, and then follow that up with inspired action. So we have to meet the universe halfway. I can say, you know, oh, I want to have a meditation retreat in, you know, Ireland and I want 12 people to come. Great. I can ask the universe to have the right 12 people come and, you know, meet me in Ireland for that retreat. But if I don't follow it up with inspired action by like creating a booking page or even letting people know that I'm offering this, it's not really going to work. So you have to kind of meet the universe like halfway. And that's where it's really like manifestation inspired action work together on that. And manifestation meditation is something, of course, it's like really trendy, um, but it's also really powerful. I've really been enjoying it. And I have a Manifest Your Dreams meditation from October 3rd of 2021. And I've really been enjoying Ashley Sondergaard's work on her podcast, the Yoga Magic Podcast on manifestation and just working with kind of manifesting things into your life. She's a really strong manifester. 
the last style I want to explore is mantra or repetition meditation and also some vibrational meditation. So mantra repetition meditation is a type of meditation in which the practitioner repeats a word, phrase, or chant over and over to evoke a certain meaning, feeling, or state of being. Mantra itself means sacred sound or vibration. It can be short like OM. It can be long like I am worthy of love and allow it to flow through me with ease. Um, you often may use like a mala to keep track of your repetitions. So when you see like those mala beads, it's usually used to like keep track of repetitions. This is a great practice for when you're trying to evoke something. Like maybe you're worried about something. You want to use a mantra to help build up your confidence. Or maybe you're going to be around a challenging person. You want to do a mantra practice where you work on evoking patience. And I personally like to use mantra a lot. You hear me use it a lot in a lot of the episodes here. Most recently, the five-minute morning affirmation practice from February 1st of 2022 is a quick and simple one um, with just some of my personal favorite morning mantras. And it's this idea that like through the mantra, you're sending the vibration from you like out into the universe. Now, vibration, like I said, is a big piece of how mantras work. And that's where we're sending the vibration out into the universe. Now, sound meditation, which is what I've been exploring most recently, like with sound baths and my crystal singing bowls, is where you're like the vibrations are coming to you internally. So the vibration either of the bowls or maybe if you're listening to others chant and like a group chant, it's this idea that like the vibration is coming to you through your ears and through your tissues and you're getting the benefits of that. And your point of concentration is the sounds that you're listening to. Um, So that's kind of the most recent style that I've been exploring and loving. And you can do a sound meditation when you listen to the episode called the 15-minute chakra sound bath from January 23rd of 2022. So those are some of the most common types of meditation. Just a big brief overview. I hope you found this interesting. I know that a lot of you just love learning and you like learning about these types of things. I do as well. And I challenge you to try a new style of meditation. Maybe you haven't dabbled in one of these yet, or you want to try to meditate like with a little less guidance. You want to try to do it on your own. Try one of these styles and just see what you like. See if you can find your, you know, style of gene that you like. And you might surprise yourself. You may fall in love with something new. And I think you may find a new vehicle to kind of get where you want to go through meditation. And of course, if you are loving this type of learning or there's a specific style of meditation that you love or are feeling pulled to share with others, I just encourage you to check out that meditation teacher training. Um, It's open for enrollment until February 28th. And that is it. I love you all so much. And thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me on this journey and for just letting me share what I love every single week. So thank you so much. I am sending you all a huge hug and I hope that you have the most wonderful day.